0: on today's episode of tell me what you know we are talking about saturday night live snl just kicked off its 46th season making it one of the longest running television programs in history take a look back at some of the all-star casts discuss some favorite sketches and cold opens as well as some musical guests for the last 45 years snl has been serving up sketches dealing with pop culture politics and more without further ado this is tell me what you know What's up, everybody? Today's Friday, October the 9th. Yes. Yep. Episode 23 of season two of Tell Me What You Know. We have passed the halfway point, season two, two weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. I've done a lot of these. Yeah. I didn't even realize. Yeah. It's because they're so busier. They're <laughs> so busy. Which is why, and again, you're getting this episode recorded and delivered on a Friday.
1: Yeah. Third, third time in a row. Something like that. Third time's in Toronto.
0: Um, it is Friday afternoon should have done a cold open. That would have been very fitting. It would have been fitting for this. If you haven't guessed it yet, which, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this episode, you've seen the title. So, you know, we're going over. Maybe we'll just
1: leave our conversation we had prior. I was recording it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we should do it. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Saturday Night Live today. Um, we already know that because you clicked on the show. You've read the title. That's right. You probably That's read enough. the opening that we haven't recorded yet. Right. We're going to get to all that. Before <laughs> we get into that, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's talk about what we've learned this week. You want to go or you want me to go?
1: Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'm starting to. I want to get my pilot's license sometime in the future, mm-hmm. like in the near ish, you know, one year, two year kind of thing. But anyway, so I've been like kind of reading more about it. Anyway, I saw an interesting fact about air travel mm-hmm. uh, only 5% of the world's population has flown on an airplane. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. Yes, Yeah. I mean, what's well, 5% of seven and a half billion?
1: Yeah, it's pretty low. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, what is that? it? It's a large number, but it's kind of easy to understand it's about, about million,
0: you know, million.
1: I'm Sure, there's a ton of people in
0: China and 375 million people.
1: Yeah. Uh, conversely to that, 82% of Americans have flown on an airplane. Yeah. So a lot of those millions are coming from right here. Yes.
0: Yeah. Anyways,
1: I, I saw that and I was kind of like, oh, wow, it's. I don't know it, if
0: those numbers add up. You,
1: know, you don't think so?
0: My mental math is not great, but 375 million, that's ba- essentially the population of the states, right? Basically. Plus 50 million or something.
1: Yeah. Well, so it says 80, 82% of 350 million plus Europe, I'm assuming would have a, a lot of people Asia? that would have gone.
0: Asia, China, yeah. China, Japan, Korea.
1: China has a lot of people, but not a lot of people. Not a lot of flyers. With, with means, yeah. They have a lot of people. <laughs> they have a lot, they have a lot of people, but but yeah. not, uh, not probably take trains if and you stuff just, as well. I th- I'd be I'd be interested if you compared the uh, I don't know what level of of um, their society would be kind of equal to the United States, but yeah. if you did apples to apples comparison that way, um, I'd be interested to see how many like the population differences that way.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, do you want to be a commercial pilot? No, you just want to have your own plane and be able to fly places. Yeah, yeah. Just
1: I mean go to like uh go really have like expensive lunches.
0: Is it weird that I trust somebody I've I've never met ever in my life with my life every time I get on a plane but I'm like I don't know if I would want to fly with a friend. <laughs>
1: well, uh, yeah. there's so much um like autopilot and like yeah. safety measures involved in commercial flight that those jets are so safe. Yeah, it's maybe so safe. Right.
0: Maybe it's just like the difference of those planes are flying all the time and they're huge and super advanced and all that kind of stuff. You would,
1: I would be hesitant bringing like a friend on with me yeah. or like early, even if I was soloing, I yeah. would want to get some like solid hours. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I it's not even that I wouldn't feel like I would never be safe to have friends on board or like family, of course, but like I would want them to know that I put in the time and yeah. they felt comfortable. It wasn't like I was doing something that made it, feel uncomfortable i want everybody on board to be confident that what we're doing is safe and good and right you know that's it's more from that standpoint
0: gotcha yeah interesting fact
1: but i understand that that point of view
0: yeah the guy could have been getting hammered at the at the airport bar five minutes ago but i could have been i don't know could have been yeah (laughs) so it's okay yeah one thing i learned and this is going to tie into our saturday night live episode is you remember the uh the seinfeld episode the uh the revenge where George uh, gets pissed because he can't use the executive bathroom, so he quits and then goes back the next day and yep. just like, pretends like he never quit. Yeah. Uh, Larry David got an idea for that while working on Saturday Night Live. Do you yeah. know this already? Yeah. He essentially quit because not enough of his sketch sketches were being picked up and put on air, and he said, this is you know, bullshit, I quit. Yeah. And then uh, the next day, he just came, or I guess on Monday, came back into work and just pretended like it never happened. Yeah. And yeah. just kept
1: working there. Yeah, it's basically a true story for him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, which I think a lot of Seinfeld was. Maybe not all of it, but like a lot of that stuff was.
1: Well, a lot of his re- recurring ideas show up in Your Enthusiasm. Right. Like he kind of, because he's like, it happened to me. I Just an
0: erotic person. He like does yeah. those things. And he's yeah. like, oh, that's great. And
1: also, I like how on Curb, he sort of turns up the volume a little bit <clears throat> on. I mean, obviously, he's got rated R. Right. Uh, he's got a rated R license, but um, but yeah, he can kind of turn it up on some of those things.
0: Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Right? Yeah, it is pretty funny. So let's talk about Saturday Night Live. Just kicked off its forty sixth season. It's been around a long time. So, 1975. almost, almost forty five years to the day, October eleventh, nineteen seventy five. It started. Yep. Created by the man, Lord Michaels, uh, developed by Dick Ebersol at NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, Lord Michaels has been the showrunner, I think, pretty much since. Other than that he took like a four or five year break in the from like nineteen seventy or 1980, 1985
1: Yeah, reading about that, it sounded like he kind of got burnt out a little bit.
0: Yeah, after he wanted about to, five years, he wanted to take a year off. Like, had the show take a year off, I think. Yeah, yeah. But then I think he was like, well, I'll never come back. And so.
1: Then um, I guess one of, his, like, a, a guy that worked right under him took a year on. And then Dick Ebersole took over for four years. Yeah. And then he came back and, Lorne Michaels came back in, I think, 85. Yes.
0: And that's right. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and it all started because, so Johnny Carson was doing this Tonight Show at the time. And on weekends, they were rerunning his shows on Saturdays and Sundays. It was kind of up, up to the discretion of local uh, TV stations to decide when they were going to play it. Carson was like, I would rather save those and run them during the week so I can have some time off. And so there was a gap on Saturday nights and uh, Dick Ebersol was approached and said, I want you to find something to fill the sp- slot. And he met with Warren Michaels and they said, let's do a variety show. Let's capture these 18, 34 year old mm-hmm. viewers. And uh, there'd be, it'd be kind of like political satire and there'd be musical guests and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And thus it was born. Um, the original cast included Gilda Radner, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Chevy Chase, Lorraine Newman, Jane Curtin, Garrett, Garrett Morris. Uh, a lot of those names are probably very familiar. A lot of people went to Saturday Night Live and then went on to do really big things. Yeah. Big movies. Yep. Yeah. You know, the first host was, did you
1: see that? Well, I thought I read that they were, their initial idea was they were going to have three hosts be the, the, always be the hosts. Hmm. um and i actually read that i didn't write down who the three were but i was i was
0: first host was uh the great george carlin
1: yeah that yes so george carlin said he didn't want to do it all the time so this is so that it went out the window that they were going to only have three people but yes
0: uh i also thought it was interesting so chevy chase which i guess is very chevy chase is that he just said he didn't want to sign on for he never like signed his actual like uh performance contract he signed on as a writer and he like, didn't want to get bogged down in these contracts because he wanted to leave whenever he wanted to. And he ended up leaving in the second season. That's when they brought on Bill Murray. And Bill Murray was supposed to be in the original cast, but the budgetary restrictions, they didn't, they didn't have the money for him, I guess. Uh, and I'm sure we'll name tons of familiar names throughout this whole thing. Uh, but So kind of just to break down how this going to go today, we're going to go through really quickly the process of creating a show. It reminded me a lot of uh, South Park as well. And, yeah. So we'll go through that. We're going to do our draft in the middle, and then we'll kind of get into some more stuff because I think the draft will spur on a little bit more conversation. Yeah. Um, go ahead.
1: Well, I, did you ever see the documentary about uh, National Lampoons and like the writing of National Lampoon Magazine and sort of the no. creation of that? Because it's pretty amazing how much that laid the groundwork for SNL mm-hmm. and la- the National Lampoon at the time, which was sort of a spinoff from the Harvard Lampoon. Right. Um, a lot of these writers came right from them and there was actually like kind of a um, a little bit of a beef between the Lampoon and SNL because they sort of like sniped all their writers Mm. from there. There was like, I kind of feel like with these types, there's like kind of a volatile environment. Yeah. Of, you know, we're going to work together, but then the, the personality types just seem to be very excitable.
0: Yeah, it seems like a team game, um, but everybody wants their individual work to be shown. And all there's that some kind of ego.
1: Stuff. There's yeah. Um, so there was a time in the Lampoon where some guys, uh, you know, retired. They didn't want to work there anymore, and it was just kind of like a, a ripe time to come in and kind of steal them and bring. Why don't you come over to NBC? We'll give you this full platform and yeah, and you know this whole variety show. Um, so a lot of those guys came straight from uh, from the Lampoon, which is a very good documentary. Right? Yeah, because uh, that's also. Feeds into Animal House and, and right. the
0: rest, all the vacation movies. Right. Well, and like I guess, like Lampoon, like the magazine. A lot of writers and I guess performers would also come from places like Second City and stuff like that. As right. Well.
1: So that would be another like feeder yeah. system. Like Bill Murray came from there. Yeah. Uh, Mike Myers, Akroyd, Belushi, all came, and they brought their skits from Second City to right. SNL. um And I was actually listening to uh, Rachel Dratch. Yeah, love talk. her. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, it talks about, like, the difference between Second City and SNL. Uh-huh. I listened to her in a, in a YouTube, like, interview, and she was saying that, you know, Second City is much more, uh, you know, off the cuff. Um, n- not a lot is, like, purely written. Improv whereas, stuff. Yeah, improv stuff. Yeah. SNL is, like, very much like you, you're you sitting around a computer, like you're writing it down, and then yeah. you rehearse it later, which we'll kind of get to right. the process, but much more, um, like, I guess, planned out right. than Second City is. So let's talk about that process
0: because yeah. it is pretty structured. Uh, obviously the show happened on Saturday night at 11:30 p.m. or 11:29. 30 seconds is when the cold open begins mm. and runs till 1 a.m. It's got like a 92 minute time slot. They get Sunday off because they're all out partying until at the after party and the after after party as well. Yeah. Uh. So Sunday they're off. Monday they get back to work, and on Monday they have that two hour pitch meeting with the cast, the writers, the producers, and the host. And this is pretty much purely ideation. So they're just throwing out ideas. What would be a good sketch? what uh? Some, maybe not even like what would be a good sketch but like what's going on currently in the political climate that they could kind of spoof on what else what can we do
1: here basically don't they also kind of meet with the host to figure out what strengths the host could have and right. couldn't like weaknesses they might have so they kind of try to write around stuff right. like that
0: yeah and so I mean I, I guess with some hosts you know what you're getting you're like oh this guy's an actor or He's or he's right. done this before it's going to be great Others, you're like, oh, it's an athlete. Maybe like, I don't know if LeBron James has the range to carry some of this stuff. Right, right. So let's see like how we can do it. But yeah, they meet with the host, I think. They probably get an idea for like what he's comfortable with or he or she is comfortable with. And then they have this two-hour pitch meeting. And uh, I don't think most, most anything is written on Monday. Maybe some sketches will be written out, but Tuesday is the purely writing day, mm-hmm. right? So all day Tuesday, they're writing. Uh, sometimes they don't get started writing until later in the afternoon. So they're going to write un- until Wednesday morning. Uh, it seems like a pretty long work week.
1: I would imagine they would procrastinate a lot. Like the pressure of having to come up with a really funny idea and have it hit would be a lot of pressure. Right. Um, And probably lead up to almost maybe the filming you're making changes.
0: Oh yeah. I think like day of they've been making changes for sure. Yeah. Uh, So Tuesday's writing Wednesday's writing as well until 5 PM. They're going to have the table read. So they probably have about 40 or so sketch ideas. I think maybe that's probably an an average table read can last up to three hours. Uh, they'll run through all of them. And then from there, the, the head writer, the host, and some of the producers go into Lauren Michaels office and they decide to run a show. So Mm -hmm. I guess I I assume Lauren has the final say in what's going to, what's going to go on air. What's going to be cut, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's Wednesday after, uh, so on Thursday, after the decision on what's going to go to air has been made, they go into rewrites, right? So they start, okay, this is, this has been selected. Let's make this as good as it can be all that kind of stuff.
1: And the construction of sets begins, right. you know, all that, in the that all that process.
0: Right. And so in these meetings, I'm sure like, you know, you have makeup artists and set producers and all that set designers, all that kind of stuff is involved as well to get yeah. their input on like what they can, yeah, what they, they can make.
1: They, they make them all down at like the New York Navy yard mm-hmm. and then they bring them over. Um, the, I think from Friday. Oh, right on. Yeah.
0: Right. Cause Friday and Saturday are the rehearsals. Mm-hmm. So you have the rehearsals of the sketches on Friday going into Saturday, uh, eight to 12 sketches I saw usually make the cut. Um, I, I've watched some like uh YouTube videos in the past and it's like, you see the stuff that doesn't go to air and sometimes you're just like, Oh man, that, that would have been really, that would have been funny. That would have been fun. It lot than what I saw on the show. <laughs> but anyway, it's, so a lot of stuff obviously gets left off. Yeah. It probably leaves, leaves a lot of people with their hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. You just got to get over it, I guess.
1: But there's another cut too that I didn't realize. Ah. Like, like they film it at 8 p.m. Right. But then, so if, if or they something- do a, they
0: do a dress rehearsal at 8 p.m. Sorry, they film the yeah, they do they do a rehearsal before the live audience comes in. Yes. And then make that final cut. Yes,
1: but right. then they film they don't film in front of the like a live feed. Right. Right. So they could they, they make cuts of, of skits if they don't hit um before they actually put it into the eleven thirty mm-hmm. show. So you, you could have something that gets all the way through, gets filmed, gets shown in front of the studio audience, and then doesn't get broadcast. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then so then yeah, the the show goes live, everybody goes to the after party. Um
1: and has a great time. But those after parties are pretty insane. Probably like more seventies, so yeah. The 80s, 70s. 80s.
0: Yeah. So let's go ahead and do our drafts so, so we don't ruin anything. So uh, what are we drafting? We're doing one. So we're going to pick one host, one cast member, which is really hard to do. Yeah. One sketch. Which one, is absurdly one, hard to do. One musical act and one cold open. Mm-hmm. Which is hard in that they're pretty much all just political. <laughs> a lot of them are political. But, yeah um who's first this time me i think so okay let's go you first do you want to go you just go in whatever order you want to go in as well
1: you, so the person choosing will yeah you do? can choose whatever you want to choose All i'm right. going
0: to start with my host okay i'm choosing Peyton manning oh
1: <laughs> he does have very good skits yes. I, I i in the lead up to this i didn't think about his but as you say his name i'm like he's got some good skits
0: he was, he was, he's really, he's got a, he's a good actor. You can see in the, like the all state commercials as well. For he's sure. like, He's funny. Uh, he like plays well on camera and has one of my favorite sketches, which was, it was like a filmed cut, but it was Peyton Manning in the United way where he's like hanging out with all those kids. Yeah. And he's just like a super hard ass on him. Yeah. He, like throws a pass. I got it. It's a little four year old drops. So he's like, go sit in the port of John. Don't come out. And <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was perfect. So I'm gonna go with Peyton Manning as my host. That's very solid. Again, I don't think there's any wrong answers here.
1: <laughs> Everybody's great.
0: Unless you said, like, uh, I don't know. Somebody was just a total dead fish up there. but
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a, a real, like, an all-star. Mm. It's pretty obvious. I'm going to go with Alec Baldwin. Okay. I mean, he's, he's Alec Baldwin. I yeah. I mean, he's awesome. He's hosted it 17 times, by maybe not by far the most, but. he's um, beaten
0: Steve Martin by two. Yes. Yeah, Steve
1: Martin 15 times. John Goodman 13 times. Tom Hanks 9 times would be the other big ones. Mm. Tom Hanks was a fallback for me, but but Alec Baldwin with sweaty, sweaty balls. Yeah won't we'll go into all of them, but it's so good. Very good. So good. Um I'm gonna jump over I'm gonna knock off musical act. Okay. I'm gonna go um I don't uh, this is not this is probably my lowest category I care about. Yeah. Um but I'm gonna go with uh, Pearl Jam. Okay. They have done several uh several shows. I was I mean I think Pearl Jam's awesome.
0: Yeah they transcend time.
1: Exactly. Yes they do. So I'm gonna go Pearl Jam on SNL.
0: Okay. Uh, I will go with my musical act. My favorite musical act was Ashley Simpson. Oh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but she, uh, a little controversy around this one. Was she lip syncing? She played Pieces of Me in the first song, went off without a hitch. Beautiful song, Pieces of Me. And then she came on again to sing Autobiography. Before she even raised the mic to her mouth, Pieces of Me started playing through the speakers again. <laughs> She does this weird little, like, hoedown dance jig thing, and then just walks off stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then at the end, when they're saying their thank yous and everything, at the very end of the show, she blames her band for playing the wrong song. Oh, not the way to handle that. Not the way to handle that. Yeah. I remember that being a really big deal in, like, eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was a good album for her. Yeah. Ashley Simpson. Yeah. Uh, And so, after Musical Act, I will go... I'm going to go with Cold Open. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe I should. Wait. There's a lot of good ones. Maybe I should wait on this one. I'm gonna. No, I'm not. I had a couple written down here, but I'm gonna go with uh one of them that's not political. Go with when Steve Martin hosted one of his 15 times. He turned the Cold Open into a musical, and it kind of went from dressing room all the way out there, and it's called "Not Going to Phone It In" tonight. Yep. And so he's like basically saying, like, oh, I, you know, I can give 20% effort and do this fine. And somebody's like, hey, you want to run, run lines with me? He's like, what is it? There, are, there, are there cue cards? Like, get away from me. like <laughs> <all this stuff. laughs> And then they kind of, they uh, Chris Farley pulls out his King Tut costume and he like harkens back to his days when he played King Tut. Yeah. Also, I didn't realize, I guess I knew this, but he was never actually on the cast. No, so I was going to bring that up. I
1: was going to bring that up. Yeah. And
0: so he sees that and he's like, oh, this is going to be great. Like, I'm not going to phone it in the night. I'm going to yeah. do well. And this is like a hilarious song. You guys, very self deprecating for everybody out there. Lorne Michaels, uh, lip syncs opera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. So I'm going to go with uh, that cold open with Steve Martin. Solid, that's solid that. pick. Yeah, it is
1: interesting about Steve Martin because people do kind of associate him. Yeah, he's around all the time. SNL, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he was just out on his... Three Amigos. The Three Amigos. <laughs> yep. He was just out he was was touring sketch. his own... He was doing his own music or his own comedy act like all around the United States.
0: I actually don't really know if Three Amigos was a Saturday Night Live sketch. I just feel like it would have fit very well there. I mean with... With Martin Shorten. With
1: Martin Shorten and Chevy Chase. Right. Yeah, it would, it would have fit well. Or It seems like it, it spawned from a, right. a, a skit. But I don't even know if it did. I don't think it did, actually. No, I, I don't think it did either. Yeah. Um, Steve Martin's got a really good autobiog- autobiography called Born Standing Up, that yeah. I recommend. He kind of goes through all that. Yeah. And he talks a little bit about how everybody kind of... He's like, oh, hey, you're SNL. He's like, never was a cast yeah. member. Um, yeah, it's a good, good opening. I am going to go with a political one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of jumped around a couple here. But I think I'm actually... I, I I pulled a late change on this one. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Sean Spicer, Melissa McCarthy. It's great. When she, I mean, one, her take on him is just awesome. Yeah, spot on. So perfect. Uh, but when she starts doing like the, the podium move and she comes after the, uh, it, that got me. Yeah. So good. The other um, one I had
0: there was just... uh when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler do Sarah Palin and yeah and Hillary Clinton yeah so good Poehler just nails Clinton to laugh yeah And uh, everything about Tina Fey screams Sarah Palin so.
1: oh gee, they look identical yeah um and one other one that I thought was really good was Matt Damon as as Kavanaugh yes it's like I like beer he he <laughs> totally just nailed that he did um but maybe that's also because he was in so many you know school ties right and these movie like these movies that just kind of seem like that's where Kavanaugh would have come from mm-hmm. just seem very like this is just grown-up school ties matt damon playing kavanaugh
0: right i like that is it me or you
1: uh i think it actually is me so i'm gonna go yes. to
0: this is your fourth
1: we're in cast member or sketch um i'm gonna leave sketch to the end and i'm gonna go cast member this is so hard i hope you don't take mine i this is so hard mm-hmm. um There's a lot here that I could choose from. I think I'm actually, this is going to be kind of a random one. Okay. Or maybe not. Good, good, good. I'm going to go Dana Carvey.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely not random. He's, Garth
1: to me is so freaking good. Yeah. Like, and he's got so many other great characters. His George H.W. Bush it was perfect. And I and he was always one of the uh, DVDs I would watch growing up, like compilation DVD of, okay. you know, Best Dana, of Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. Yeah, yeah, so good. So I'm going to go Dana Carvey.
0: Well, you love his stand-up as well.
1: Stand up is awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Okay, uh, mine is one that's probably not super random. Uh, so I, I, when I was going through this, I wanted to pick somebody who I actually watched on SNL, just because. I mean, I could go back and be like, "Oh, I've f- Chris Farley's the funniest person." Yeah, love what he did, but I didn't like I, like the the whole Matt Foley thing is hysterical. Yeah, I had to watch those on like replay and stuff like that. Right. I'm gonna go Will Ferrell. His Harry Carey is incredible. Yep. He's obviously famous for the more cowbell, Blue Oyster Cult yep. thing. The cheerleaders with Sherry O'Terry. I watched that in this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. the Bobby Fisher one. I don't know, it just, anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's all great. Uh, more than that, he didn't peak on the show, which I think is pretty rare. Yeah, like we didn't have Anchorman. Well, we didn't have uh, old school. None of that came until after he was pretty much off. Yeah, SNL, which I feel like is very rare. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm excited to talk with you about what. Potentially make somebody relatable afterwards.
0: Yeah. Anyways. Well, and he was also on forever. He was there for seven years. Yeah. Which is I feel like a really long time for Saturday Night Live. And he made everybody around him like funnier and he made everybody around him break. Yeah. Everybody and that the funniest thing to me, which is why I'll get into my next pick with my sketch, is when people can't hold it together on set.
1: That was another point I wanted to talk about too. And so
0: uh and I mean they did that whole song with Michael Bolton. Uh um uh, what's what like that's when you break, but what is it to uh uh, you're simply the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, and that's when you break. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, Will Ferrell, he made everybody around him laugh their asses off. It wasn't hard with somebody like Jimmy Fallon who just laughs at like anything, but did you, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to ask if you had like a, a more obscure character or, you know, actor that you would pick in this, like almost like a B. It doesn't have to be like the the biggest name, but did you have somebody that you like just always laugh? Like, I mean...
0: Uh, Bill Hader.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Hader. Bill Hader's up there. I was just going to throw Chris Parnell in there. Chris Parnell's hilarious. Chris Parnell's really funny. Yeah. Uh, But they kind of like bit players. Like, they kind of are utility players that that get in on sketches that kind of do one thing over and over again, but it's hilarious.
0: Right. Will Arnett. Will Arnett's great. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk about McGroover in a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh, So my one (laughs) sketch, uh, like I just mentioned that, when people break, when people aren't supposed to laugh, that's the funniest thing in the world to me. Is Debbie Downer, Rachel Dratch, uh, specifically the one where they go to Disney World. And it's Rachel Dratch, Horatio Sands, Jimmy Fallon, Lindsay Lohan was the was the host was the host, and I think uh, Amy Poehler. They're having breakfast at Disney World. I don't remember the sketch, dude. We'll watch it after this. It's hysterical. Okay, but nobody on like in the in the actual cast can keep a straight face. Yeah, because R- Rachel Dratch plays this character, Debbie Downer. They're like, oh, we're at Disney World, we're having breakfast with Mickey and Goofy and all this stuff, and she's like, hey guys. You know, I just found out I can't have children. Like just this is Debbie, like she, everything she said just brings the whole mood down. Yeah, yeah. And like she can't hold it together. And they play this really weird, like sad trombone in the background while it's going on. If you haven't seen Debbie Downer, go watch it. The one where they're at Disney World. That's definitely my that. sketch.
1: Well, I definitely agree with you. Sometimes when they break, yeah, it, it makes it funnier. I think for my favorite sketch, um, I've got a lot here. I think my favorite sketch is going to be. I think I'm going to take the Californians. <laughs> okay, so something newer. It is something a little bit newer. Yeah. Um. I have all my original ones were pretty old, but I was watching the Californians again. And, man, it just it hits me every time, and that's one where they're always breaking. Yeah. Um. And i It's the funniest accent I think I I yeah. think of
0: right now. I didn't want to include Weekend Update in this, but those are usually pretty good. Weekend Update's good. It's more of a segment though. Yeah, I really wouldn't think of it as a sketch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, definitely recurring. Kind of the
0: same formula as well.
1: Right. And it's so dependent on who the, the the hosts are. The hosts are, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Faye and Fallon were really good together, I feel like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were. Um, although, I will say, I thought Fallon was a little overrated on SNL. Talking about... I think he's overrated 100%. Yeah, he's so overrated. Because talking about, yeah, breaking can be funny and stuff, but he would break all the time and just basically laugh. Yeah, he you wouldn't even down. try to keep it together. You're just kind of like, dude, you're not even really playing a character. You're just kind of on set laughing. Yeah. I don't know. you kind of I don't know. Never I was not a huge Fallon fan. Sound like a big hater right
0: now. We do. Uh but it's kind of how We're it felt. just critics. That's right. Listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> Our opinions matter.
1: Um that's I'm it. also I'm also I was kind of realizing how much the the newer Era was driven by uh, Mulvaney, John Mulvaney, Mulaney. Mulaney, Yes, yeah, Mulvaney. Yeah, that's the other guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mulaney. Yes, I'm. I'm just kind of shocked that. I mean, I guess I'm not shocked because I think he's a pretty smart guy. Yeah. When I hear, you when know, when I hear what he is, um, when I hear stand up and when I see what he's written, I think he's like very intelligent in terms of how he puts together a joke. Right. Um, but man, like a lot of his really good sketches or a lot of good sketches I can remember of the last like 10 years have been kind of driven by him. Yeah. I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Him
0: and Nick Kroll together are a good team. As yeah. Well. I don't know if Nick Kroll ever did any Saturday Night Live stuff. I don't think so. Hmm. But yeah, they're great. Um, what do we want to talk about now? Talk briefly about, uh, some controversies.
1: What's what other sketches okay. like really stick out for you? Like you mentioned the Matt Foley down by like classic living in the van down by the river.
0: Yes. Oh man. Just
1: getting David Spade to break. When I first saw him break the table, I I mean, I died laughing at that. That's hilarious.
0: When I get put on the spotlight, my mind goes in so many directions, I can't even think about what my other favorite sketches are.
1: So I I had a list of here, and maybe... Yeah, bring them up. So I loved the Celebrity Jeopardy with Sean Connery. Like That's kind of recurring. Yes. So good.
0: Oh, yeah. Will Ferrell played a great Trebek as well.
1: Yes. Uh, Chippendales auditioning was (laughs) awesome. Schlitz gay beer. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, so that was on here, Schmitz. Schmitz gay.
0: Is it Schmitz? Schmitz gay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Schlitz is actually a beer.
1: Yeah. Right. Um but also in that's in that vein Sandler and and Farley, the Zaggots. Oh yeah. That's so good. Um <laughs> and again with them, the Gaps Girls. Yep. So good. Yep. Um Wayne's World,
0: you mentioned more cowbell. I love that uh that whole era. Yeah. Sandler Rock, Farley. There was a little
1: there, I mean not a little, there was a huge resurgence in SNL at that time with them
0: yeah well i i feel like it's one of those things where it's always going to be like oh yeah these guys like whoever's on is never never going to be appreciated i feel like i wonder if even back then they're kind of like oh these guys aren't as funny as like the original cast or whatever well i mean or like what's, the 80s cast well what's funny like, eddie is murphy that and all that
1: is uh towards the end of sandler's run on snl like the the crew was kind of over him oh, really? they were kind of over his brand of comedy and whatever but then it's kind of funny that or it's interesting that he then goes on to produce you know um uh, Happy Gilmore. Right. And uh, Billy Madison. Right. So it's kind of like America wasn't over his comedy, but the show like. They're just, just kind
0: of getting introduced to it. Just,
1: yeah. In a lot of but it was just kind of funny. They're like, oh, you're not funny anymore here. Like, get out of here.
0: You're just, this wacky stuff is over. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: then goes and does like the, I would say maybe the wackiest stuff he's ever
0: done. Right. Well, I don't know. Jack and Jill just came out like three years ago. All right, yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But I mean,
1: very wacky. Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting, um, just like take on that like. The crew and like the who, the people that are working there might not gel well, and that can just like that doesn't it doesn't come across as funny. Yeah. Um, sweaty balls. Going back to Mark Baldwin, NPR. There. Uh, yeah, anything Molly Shannon did was hilarious. Was awesome. So good.
0: Coffee Talk, Sherry O'Terry, Molly Shannon. I'm pretty sure it was really good.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: There's so many. So great ones. Yeah. Let's hear some. If if I, if I were to watch now, though, I would go back and watch Best of Like. Early nineties, mid nineties, late nineties SNL cast. those are when I was actually really, really. I thought they were really funny. Um, Not very. I mean, like there's we could get to the whole like oh there you know the minority representation is pretty bad. There has been. I think they're working on that. I don't know. I can't speak for them. But the two that I can think of, other than Ashley Simpson messing up her lip syncing thing, was in uh, October third, nineteen ninety two. The musical guest was Sinead O'Connor. She on live television ripped up a picture of Pope John Paul II. Ooh, <laughs> as a big fuck you to the Catholic Church, I believe. Uh-huh. The other one, and this just looks like bad foresight from SNL's uh, part. They had Steve Forbes, I think, was hosting uh, billionaire Steve Forbes, and they had the musical guest be Rage Against the Machine, which like just doesn't doesn't match at all. Their whole yeah. thing is like stick it to the man. And they yeah. get the billionaire out there, so they hung up two upside down American flags over their amps during their musical performance, just as a little uh, you know we don't we don't respect you, Steve Forbes. <laughs> I wonder why Steve
1: Forbes was hosting. I don't know. It's weird. He has a lot of money. Speaking of controversies, though, there was a controversy this week with uh, with the musical guest. Did you see this? Who was it? Um, This past week? Yeah, so it's a country artist... Hold on I'm just going to look it oh, up. Oh, oh, no, this coming week. Uh, yeah, this, Morgan yeah. Wallen.
0: Morgan Wallen. Yeah, apparently he was partying with like Alabama sorority girls, and they've said, you can't be our ho- our music guest come. anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's not because he was because of what he was doing. It was, I guess, COVID. He was just, yeah. He was, but he's, I think, tested negative. Oh. But they were like, still, uh, you, you were I, doing something that puts you at, at danger. Yeah, so you therefore, at, you can't come.
0: Right. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry, Morgan. A
1: little controversy. Yeah.
0: Have you ever listened to his music?
1: Yeah. I haven't listened to much of it. It's fine. Okay. Kind of like it's, it's it's some good. It's some decent, fine country. Yeah. Not the worst country I've ever heard.
0: Do you have another talking point you want to get into, or should we jump into, uh, like movies that have spawned off of?
1: Um, last one on the sketch, the uh, the cowbell one. Th- uh uh-huh. Uh, Lauren Michaels, like vetoed that skit for like six or seven times. Yeah. And um, it wasn't supposed to be Christopher Walken. Right. It was supposed to be, um, uh, Norm Macdonald. Okay, was supposed to be, which he probably could have done it really well too. Yeah, but he Christopher, Walker, cap- well, Christopher was, Yeah, Christopher Walken. Yeah, not Walker's looking at you.
0: Like it didn't does not make sense to have anybody other than him. Totally.
1: Yeah, but I just found it interesting that Lauren Michaels was like, "No, nah, it's not funny." Like Will Ferrell. Like Will Ferrell. Like, yeah, this was his skit that he was he was pushing. Right. Um, and I just I just can't imagine how iconic it is now sitting there just being like, "No, nah,
0: we're not doing that Will. Like, yeah. I heard an interview with Fallon talking about he was being interviewed on the the Court podcast I don't know, with like it's Alex Rodriguez and, and Big Cat, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how yeah had got axed several times and like finally with Christopher Walken hosting they thought it was funny enough I guess and they put yeah. it through and it was like an instant classic.
1: It was um, also supposedly like not too different from how it kind of happened. Now it's it's oh, not right. a representation of right. It's not so way to have it. Happened. But the uh, the band said that like the. the Cowboy player like was kind of like that when they were laying it down. They didn't have a producer come in and tell them like we need more, right? But but like it was it wasn't dissimilar yes. from that.
0: And Will Ferrell's hairy belly sticking out, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's disgusting. So, uh, yeah. one other note: since we're talking about Christopher Walken, you remember? Did you ever see the sketch on, on Colonel Angus? Uh uh-uh. uh It's a. It's like from the Civil War. Colonel Angus is coming home from war, but they had like a super deep South accent. So like Colonel Angus, is heading home from the war. Just like yeah, <laughs> it goes into where well, you can imagine where it goes from there.
1: But go, I, I appreciate the sketches that don't go super high. Yeah, level. Right. You know, it's 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 a sketch. Yes. All right.
0: So a lot of movies that you've seen probably originated on Saturday Night Live. One classic, The Blues Brothers. Hmm. It did. <laughs> yes, right there. Yeah, you got Ackroyd and Belushi, and it's just you like Blues Brothers? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's not. It's not one of my favorites. I'
1: funny. I don't remember seeing a Blues Brothers sketch though. Ah, in my head, I don't remember what what they were.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been taken over by the movie for me. Yeah, uh, one that hasn't. Well, I guess it But so, what? Wayne's World is one of my all time favorite movies, and Wayne's World Two is actually really good. Yeah, and those sketches are always great. I mean, they're, they're top ten lists and all that stuff. Yep. Like top boners of the week and it would just be <laughs> They're the best.
1: I mean I yeah. also had a huge crush on Cassandra. Oh
0: yeah. Who didn't?
1: Oh man. So
0: I was going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Wayne's World. All uh, right. Total I mean, but when he plays Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I mean yeah. I I that I think back on these movies is like so formative of me as like, like a twelve year old when yeah. I'm watching this.
0: Noah's Arcade just a great name for an arcade as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I bet you a Gun Rack. One movie that I have not seen all the way through, which you're going to shoot me for, is McGruber. Oh, man. I've seen several it's of the not, sketches. It's not
1: good. It's just it's uh, But it's great, though. I mean, I've mean, i seen yeah. like
0: half of it, and I ended up going to sleep or something. But right. I do need to watch that one again. Uh, the Ladies' Man. Yep. Tim Meadows. Yeah. That started on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Night of the Roxbury. Yeah. Classic Chris Kattan and... Will Ferrell as well. Last couple uh, Coneheads, which I never really was into. I like Coneheads. I don't think I've seen the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, movie's okay. Yeah, they're just weird aliens, right?
1: Yeah, it's blending in. They just don't really get. the well, they're really not blending in. That's like kind of the whole point, right? Right,
0: right. They just don't. Really, but they do. Like it's not the heads that give them away. Exactly. It's like they don't know how to live on Earth.
1: Right. But they're like eating bricks or whatever. Around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh superstar, Molly Shannon. Uh huh. And Will Farrell actually I believe is in that one as well.
1: Yeah. Wasn't I mean that's a break off of the Cheerleader one, right?
0: Uh I don't know. I don't think so. Or no, it's yeah, I mean, no, no, you're right. That's you're Molly right. Shannon being a weird Catholic schoolgirl. Yes, that no. you're right. Yeah, the Cheerleaders I don't believe had any uh any any they any movie spun off on them. They should have. All right, what else you got?
1: Um I think that does it for for me. All right. In Terms of movies? Yeah. Um well d- Mike Myers didn't... I mean, I know Mike Myers had a pretty long stint on SNL, but um, Awesome Powers didn't come from it, did it? I don't, I don't It kind of it. was a fully separate thing. Um, it I is... Think. Going to, going back to the, the question I was going to ask for you, like, why do you think some SNL cast members have translated their fame into a post-career and some are kind of, like, stuck?
0: Who Who's stuck? What's an example of somebody who's stuck?
1: I mean, I think some some people have had much better, more successful movie careers than others. Yeah. So, like, look at like I would say Chris Catan did not uh, have a great movie career yes. in the same way. Rob like, Schneider, like Chris Catan, right? Rob Schneider, like Will Ferrell was taking a back seat to Chris Catan in Night at the Roxbury, right? You know that's weird.
0: Yeah, um, I think uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe because maybe Chris Catan was peaking and Will Ferrell wasn't. You know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe
1: maybe Will Ferrell's a little bit more uh, dynamic, like he's a little bit more range. He can kind of play a straight character, right? Um, Uh, Yeah. Chris Kattan's just kind of like a weird looking dude. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Corky Romano.
1: Yeah, exactly. These things are really weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just a talent thing, right? You, yeah I mean you'd think but it's gotta be I guess one of or it's either like that or like work hard work I don't know yeah I mean I don't think Will Ferrell's been sleeping his way to the top <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no yeah of course not I guess I'm just saying um you know sometimes people's brands of comedy just get played like Jim Carrey had a had a, yeah. a peak and then his voices and stuff kind of got played right um he wasn't on SNL but I'm just kind of bringing up a point like some people just finish their They blow their wad, basically. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I have an answer for that. Uh, It's an interesting question. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, That's all I got. That's SNL. I don't know about you. Uh, I'm sure you guys learned a lot today. Yeah. We once again did not choose a topic for next week. No. It's going to be a surprise again. Yeah. I think surprises are a little bit better. Yeah, we're almost out of the woods with everything else, so we'll have more time for this eventually. November's going to be a big promise you a lot of good stuff in november yeah another another unkept promise (laughs) everybody have a great weekend uh hopefully you are safe and we will see you all have a good long weekend oh yeah happy uh indigenous Indigenous people's day Day. (laughs) yeah yeah all right talk to you guys next week see ya